denizens of Internet Wonderland, it's time once again to kick back, relax, and listen to the soothing sounds of the melodious cat streaming through your airways. As we veer once again down the rabbit hole, of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well this evening. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in illogical madness. You can listen to this podcast and all of its episodes on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. And if you ever want to drop a line, say hi, or give any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Place Cheshire. So here we are. The weather's beginning to get cooler. The leaves are beginning to fall a little bit more. And we're right on the season of everything spooky. So, I figured for tonight's Geeking Around table, we're just going to uh, discuss some things that are related to video games, music, and a little bit of creepypasta and urban legend, so to speak. Now, when we do this, it isn't going to be normal conversation because we're definitely going to gear it towards the uh, spooky side of things, so... Expect a lot of horror references on this. Now, before we start, I would like to enact the Sammy Sunshine Clause, which we will be clearing our throats, we will be coughing, and we'll be taking a tiny little break once in a blue moon just to enjoy our drinks, which I'm enjoying a little bit of coffee that I mix with uh, Abuelita's um, hot chocolate disc, which is actually pretty good. It's strong as hell, so I'm a little jittery. You know, it's almost like being on catnip, so to speak, without, you know, the adverse effect of being completely lazy. So, this geeking around the table is a little bit different because our good friends, Pockets Full of Joy, a.k.a. Team Pocket Rocket, you know them as Baby Alley and Spoinkle Bob, decided to blast off for this weekend and they weren't able to make it. So, we decided to add in a special guest. So, we're going to do our... Uh, introductions. So right in front of me is a fan favorite of the show. He is my co-host. He is my hetero life mate. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey. Monkey, welcome back. Thanks again for having me, Cheshire. And now our special guest. 
He is a complete Pokemon geek. This man knows anything and everything relating to Pokemon. Matter of fact, I actually play Pokemon Sword and Shield with him, and we've done quite a few trades to boister our stats and our teams, and I thank him for that. Um, he is a good friend of mine, and he goes by the name Pokemat. Pokemat, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So this is your first time soaring the digital airwaves with us, and your first time doing any type of podcast, so... Let's just try to have a little bit of fun, and hopefully you will enjoy the experience. I hope so. If my voice sounds a little muffled, I apologize in advance. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. So let's go ahead and get started with our first segment. As you know, anytime that monkey comes on, he has to give us a little bit of insight on everything that is geek. So it is time for Monkey Coconut News. Monkey, take it away. All right. Thank you, Cheshire. So, since today's topic is horror music and games, basically, so the news I got is some news that broke last week on kind of game and uh, music related. Um, specifically, uh, gaming-wise, uh, Ryan Haywood and Adam Kovic of Funhouse and uh, Rooster Teeth fame have recently been let go by, by them um, and Warner Media because of recent uh, activity where apparently Adam's Google Drive got hacked and some uh, let's just say explicit photos and videos were leaked from there that had uh, him as well as Ryan with uh, several different women um, and even some allegations that some of the women may have been underage. Now again, just like I've said before, any allegations slash rumors are just that until they're proven in court. Um, I do give them their fair, you know, chance to defend themselves. Um, not going to make any just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, alleg- uh, finger pointing saying that the blame is, is official and legit without any kind of um, investigation into it. But they have been let go. Um, I believe Ryan Haywood actually announced he was leaving specifically, but I uh, don't know whether he did that of his own free will or if that was uh, handed down from Warner Media themselves directly. And Adam Kovic was also released, but since his Twitter page has gone to private since the allegations came out, don't know if he was had said anything on there or if they just let him go straight out. Um, secondly... Going to the music side of, of the news, uh, all saddened by the passing of Eddie Van Halen, uh, famed guitarist of Van Halen, with such great songs as Panama and Jump. Um, it's a very sad day in music in the music world to hear that. Um, a lot of people have been inspired by him, um, including uh, legendary guitarist of Pantera, Dimebag Daryl, who, uh, strange little fun fact I found out, that when Dimebag Daryl passed away, uh, he was so obsessed with Eddie Van Halen's uh, Bumblebee guitar, as he called it, because it was a black and yellow guitar, that uh, Eddie Van Halen actually left it with him in his coffin when he when they lowered his coffin. So, a little, little interesting fact there. But that's the news I have for tonight. <clears throat> Thank you, Monkey. Greatly appreciate it on that. Um, once more to the family of Eddie Van Halen, we here at Cheshire's Place send our condolences. 
Um, this has definitely been a very unique year in terms of um, the passings of those who are in the um, entertainment, entertainment business. So once more, our condolences are sent and our prayers are with you. Now, cutting into tonight's topic, we are going to be doing horror movies. Oh, sorry, horror video games, horror music, and some creepypastas and urban legends relating to both genres. So I figure, seeing how earlier we were listening to music, especially I was, um, we're just going to dive into the horror music. And I figure the best way that we can do this is a top five list from each of us on horror music that, that we enjoy. And it can be music that is directly from a horror movie soundtrack. It can have ideologies of horror music. Um, it could be a a um, song that we all know and love that actually has some very unique horror or suspense uh, um, overtones. So I figure, seeing how Pokemat is here with us and he is our special guest, he can actually start this off. So... Pokemat, give us your top five horror mu- movie list. Oh, sorry, music. My bad. Um, I was also watching horror movies this weekend, too, so, you know. Yes, yes, I know. I am a crazy cat, Matt. But anyways, go for it, bud. All right, so my top five horror video games, right? Uh, we're doing music right oh, now. music. Well, I'm not really the one to listen to horror music, but there's only one person I can... That comes to mind that I know I've listened to that fits this category is uh, Brother Lin Chung. He makes music about horrorcore, just like real gory stuff, just horror stuff, you know. And uh, one, uh, one of his, my favorite songs of him was it Manable Lecter on his album he had in 2013. The music video is him in a butcher shop and just, yeah horror stuff and everything chasing around someone and yeah so i mean that's really all i listen to with this genre so i'll say i know that you've listened to hop sing and you listen to tech nine um another song that you could throw in is am i a psycho which had tech nine hop sing and there was a couple of other artists that i can't remember off the top of my head um so even even if you really want to go more mainstream, um, Stan by Eminem, because that one was a very intense one. So, and that's the only thing that you had on your list, right? Really the only thing I had. Okay, okay. All right, Monkey, what you got for us today? Okay, well, um, I went a little bit different route um, as opposed to just straight, you know, horror music. It's, uh, I went kind of with some songs that has some kind of dark undertones if you actually just listen to the lyrics directly, which can be construed as like horror or suspenseful. Um, first of all, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, uh, Fastball's song, The Way, which uh, the song is kind of a little upbeat, almost a little just kind of mellow sounding sometimes. But if you actually just listen to the lyrics directly, um, you'll realize that the lyrics are explicitly talking about people, uh, especially couples, leaving and then disappearing and never being seen again. So it kind of makes you uh, think that possibly 
they're getting murdered or just having an accident somewhere and no one finds them and that's kind of what the song is about and that's what that one I put on my list um, another song I put on here is a song um, from the early mid 90s called uh, Water's Edge by Seven Mary Three uh, this song if you actually listen to the lyrics directly um, you'll, you'll realize that the song is actually talking about someone who essentially uh, witnessed a murder or found a, a dead body and they realize that they know who did it and what happened but they're kind of afraid to tell people about it because they're afraid they're going to come after them and also the um, side part of them having kind of almost survivor's remorse where they they, they think that they should have done something is, is, is actually one of the lyrics in the song. Is that I should have done something. I should have told somebody. You know, and that's kind of the the, the remorse part of it. And apparently I was dying <coughs> me, which is surprising. Um, yeah, sorry. I swallowed wrong, so continue on. Uh, um, another song I have on my list here is kind of one of those ones that's a little bit more popular. And, and some people kind of know about it, but don't really know about it. But that's the song called Pumped Up Kicks by Boston People, which um, the song being a really upbeat sounding song. But if you listen to the lyrics, you kind of realize that the lyrics are talking about someone kind of planning essentially a, a mass shooting or, or just a shooting. And that's one of those kind of uh, undertones of the song. And the, the way that it's presented doesn't sound like it's that, but just once you listen to the lyrics, you'll, you'll realize that. And finally, uh, another one that's kind of close to that same thing was um, Jeremy by Pearl Jam, which, um, listening to the lyrics, is about this kid who um, everyone kind of thought was kind of a, a pushover and just kind of a nobody. And uh, as, if, as you listen to the lyrics, you realize that the kid ends up uh, shooting himself in the middle of class. And that's what makes it such a big, big topic about it. Um, I, I believe there was even a, a big uh, news thing about this when it first came out that they were afraid people were going to start to do what kind of like the lyrics were saying what he did. And that uh, was why it became such a huge controversy. And that's kind of my list. It's only four songs, but <coughs> other things kind of can float into there. But uh, I just didn't have that very well prepared, unfortunately. My, my work week's been kind of crazy, so... I apologize to all those who were hoping for some great, awesome news from me. It's perfectly fine, Monkey. So sorry, I'm sorry, really, I am. <laughs> so with my list, I went a little bit different. Um, I decided to really focus in more on horror-related music, especially in terms of soundtracks or uh, music that has influences from horror movies or video games. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the um, Fresh Prince and DJ da uh, Jazzy Jeff song Nightmare on My Street, which actually has undertones of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, it is a classic. Um, actually, you can find it on YouTube. If I remember correctly, there was an actual video for it. Um, don't quote me on that. I think there was a video for it. Um, the second one is actually more theatrical because this became a short um, movie of sorts and it's Michael Jackson's ghost and as we all know Michael Jackson had a very big flair for 
theatrical style videos. So the story on this is Michael Jackson is actually a ghost in this haunted house and the people of the town decide to try to run him out thinking that he's just some weird guy that lives alone. And it goes even further with him showing that he's more than just human. He's a ghost and he's the head of this this otherworldly family of sorts of uh, spirits and deities. Um, <clears throat> another one that I have to go with because I am a fan of the Lost Boy movies. And that one is Cry Little Sister. And like the original one it just it resonates with me because it has like those eerie undertones. It has that that dramatic feel to it and it is in some parts it could be considered eerie but it's actually very moving and there's been a lot of artists out there that have done different um renditions of it and one notably is marilyn manson who did his own rendition of it um whenever you get a chance be sure to um check out cry little sister online or on any music platform you know you'll definitely thank me for it hopefully it does have the mr cheshire seal of approval um another one that i was thinking about uh just recently um it goes more with um in lines of the movies and for a halloween favorite of many people it happens to be hocus pocus and the song come little children now granted in the movie Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker really doesn't sing the entire thing but there are individuals on YouTube that actually cover it with different music videos and different renditions and um, actually during Disney's Halloween spooktacular um, stage show the individuals playing the Sanderson sisters actually sing that song and also on par with that would be the um, Oogie Boogie Man song from Nightmare Before Christmas with Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yeah, I had to think about that one too. <laughs> then finally, I think the one that I really have to go with that has some very eerie undertones and people really don't realize it. It's um, The Hanging Tree from The Hunger Games. If you get a chance to listen to the lyrics, it's very dark. It does have a very macabre sense of feel to it. Um, definitely for fans of Hunger Games, definitely check that out one more time and actually look at the lyrics. I think you will see what I'm talking about. So, now let us dive into horror video games. Now... As you know, there's tons of horror video games out there. I mean, there's tons of them for PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, computer, even now with um, with mobile phones because mobile phone gaming is becoming its own genre. So we're going to dive into our own personal top tens for those as well. Monkey, I'm going to let you kick this one off. And that sounds like a lot for me. I got about four, maybe. Okay, um, okay we'll do top four, top five. So uh, go for it. Yeah, and that's only because, I, well, I, I have a list, and I've been kind of adding some stuff to it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so first one I'm going to put on my list here is a game called uh, Kagero's Techno's Deception 2, which um, came out 
early mid nineties. Uh, it was a, a very interesting game where uh, essentially you were kind of the main character. You're you're in like a mansion, and your objective is to set up traps to kill people who come into the mansion. And um, along with these traps, there's other parts of other different rooms in the mansion that have other traps that can be comboed into by using the traps that you have in there. So it's kind of a interesting, gory game. I want to say it was on the PlayStation or the PlayStation 2. So that, that's, that's kind of dating it there. And it was a pretty fun game. Uh, I, I liked doing it, and it was one of the ones that I could play for a while and, you know, just come up with weird, interesting ways to essentially kill people entering the mansion. Um, and, of course, as you level up, you can get different access to different items that can make newer traps and different traps and whatnot from there. Uh, second game on my list is uh, a game that was actually not released initially, uh, initially into the game systems, uh, but apparently there, I've heard from other people that it's available now to kind of download and whatnot. And the game is called Thrill Kill. Uh, this game was actually a fighting game, which uh, kind of uh, centered around the prospect of it having uh, capabilities of having four multiple players at once. And uh, this is actually prior to them actually really doing very much online game and stuff. So it was a really interesting concept, and uh, to to be able to have like you know a basic mass battle royal with four players. Um, there were very weird, uh, very creepy individual characters. Um, the best way you can kind of describe it is kind of like Mortal Kombat on acid. Um, but that, that was the basic premise of it. Is, and, um, the, the game initially was not, uh, was, was scrapped because of the uh, over-gory slash violence and sexual undertones that the game had. And in um, that, at that time uh, they were trying there's a lot of other uh, things going on controversies with other things and that's kind of why that game got shelved but um, if you ever look up information on it you, you'll, you'll kind of see why it was very controversial when it came out even though other games that had come out previously probably were about the same level but this one was just meant to be a really crazy mind, mind mess apparently um, Another game on my list is uh, Left 4 Dead, which um, uh, many people probably have played this game before. Uh, very similar to Resident Evil, um, but the, the difference of it is it was more kind of a cooperative situation, and it was meant to be kind of played co-op with the four different main characters, and then basically battling through the stages of zombies and whatnot, completing whatever objective is, is made for that. A lot of random crazy things that just popping out at places. Uh, outside of the, the base zombies, they had uh, what they call a smoker, uh, a hunter, and a witch, and it was just all craziness. And each one of those were kind of harder to kill than, than normal zombies, and th it kind of focused on kind of a strategy that if you had certain weapons, it'd be easier to kill them as opposed to um, just trying to gun them down with a normal gun or whatever you had at the time. And of course, with that, uh, that one weapon that might be good for, say, the, the smoker, is not good against the witch, versus the weapon that's good for, against the witch, which is not good against the the uh, the tank or hunter or whatnot. So 
it was all really crazy and interesting to play. Um, outside of that, one other game I, I had on my list here, kind of added it last night when we were kind of doing a, a, a run-through on this. Um, that game was called Fatal Frame. I want to say this game came out for the uh, for the original Nintendo DS. Not the 3DS, but just the N Nintendo DS initially. And the uh, the story on this game was you were like a photographer and to, to try to stop these ghosts from attacking or to try to find a certain ghost, you had to take pictures of certain things on the game and to try to get through it. And it was a very different and interesting concept uh, for the horror game. <sighs> so uh, that's my list there. So that's uh, all I got. Perfect. Sounds good, monkey. All right, Pokemat, your turn. So give us some of your um, horror video games that you like and, you know, why they, why you like them and, you know, all that fun stuff. I mean, I wish I played more horror video games so I could give you guys a better detailed version, but the ones I, there's only like really two I've played, but the other Two or three that I have, I've just heard of maybe watch my friends play was uh, Outlast 2. I had some of my friends play Dead Space, the Resident Evil series. Had the original Outlast, the first one, and Dead Rising. Dead Rising and Outlast were my top two. Reason why is that uh, in Dead Rising, you're this guy, you're in an airport, right? Uh, mall. Mall. Every time. Mall. <laughs> and. Uh, you're trapped and you try to survive zombies. You can literally use everything like a skateboard, park bench. I know I've used a coat hanger. I wouldn't recommend it because it doesn't work. <laughs> Bat, hammer, basically anything. Try to kill zombies and survive. And um, Outlast. Outlast kind of freaked me out when I first played it. I haven't played it since. And I hate watching it. All it is is you're a reporter trapped in a old asylum hospital in Colorado and you try to escape everything's pitch black the only way you can see is a night vision on a camcorder but that will drain your batteries and you only have a limited time you have to go around and search for batteries to power it up so you can uh, see where you're going all the while you're uh, trying to escape this uh, zombie mutant patient thing that's trying to chase you and kill you you can hop over stuff you can hide and when my friend hit under a an old bed and stopped walk by, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play this game no more. I'll watch you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of terrifying. So that's all I have. Okay, so I have to go with, um, <clears throat> of course, Resident Evil is always a big one. I mean, I enjoyed Resident Evil Four. I I played um, quite a few of them. I never played that. Um, co-op team versus team one that they did that was supposed to be like call of duty um i did see the reviews for it and saw a playthrough of it and it was absolutely horrible that should not be considered under resident evil whatsoever um one video game that i thought about today and it's more of a series is castlevania i mean come on who doesn't remember Castlevania I mean especially like well me and monkey grew up during the age of old school Nintendo and playing Castlevania 1 2 and 3 and then <clears throat> leading to the offshoots like Symphony of the Night um, Bloodlines um, 
the weird Nintendo 64 one where you were a werewolf. That one was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. So, um, another one is um, Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve was a very good one. And also in the same vein of that one, um, Project Eden was a very good one that I enjoyed. Um, actually, not Project Eden. Project Fear. That's what it was called. Yeah. Project Fear. Because especially part two, whenever you're in the city and all of a sudden the girl was just popping up in the middle of nowhere, giving good jump scares. So that one was a good one. Um, another one, another one that was actually very, very interesting. And I started playing this a couple of years ago. It's a free to play fighting video game with um, horror movie icons. And it's called Terradrome. Oh, sorry, not Terradrome. Yeah, Terradrome. Um, <clears throat> so the premise of this game is that different horror icons are mingling together. Um, the storyline is actually very in depth with the different interactions. There was one where, um, Freddy Krueger is trying to run away from Pinhead and the Cenobites and he enlists the help of Candyman, um, to actually help him. There was another one where Chucky the doll was trying to get um, one of two bodies of Jason from Friday the 13th that was involved because there's two variations of him on that game. And it has a whole lot of other characters. It has Pumpkinhead. It has more Matt Cardell from Maniac um, Cop. It has um, Reanimator. has the Thin Man from Phantasm. And the list goes on now. <clears throat> Pardon me. The reason why this game was actually free to play is due to the fact that the creators did not have the licensing or in, or intellectual properties for the characters that they were using. This was more of a fan tribute to fighting games and to horror movies. And the style of play of it is very similar to Killer Instinct. Now... The creators of this video game are actually coming out with a sequel game, and it's uh, called Terradrome Rise of the Legends. And it has um, different old school monsters. So you have, <clears throat> pardon me once again, as I said, Sammy Sunshine Claus is in effect. So it has a vampire on there, it has Frankenstein's monster has a descendant of Van Helsing, even goes further wait, with... Wait, wait. Is a descendant named Stan Helsing? <laughs> you know what, if that... If you don't get that reference, look it up. It's, it's great. It's a good movie. You know what? We should have added that to the challenge movies. Oh, why didn't I think about that? Um, Do you have a copy of it? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know where the copy is that we had. Uh, we, we may have to try to find it. Um, but... It even goes further with like a um, a Slenderman style character, so and also uh, an alien that's on there. So it has it has a very wide variety of creatures that you'll be able to fight on there. Um, and finally, you know, my list is kind of long because I love these type of video games. Aside from horror video games, I'm huge into fighting games. And we could actually do an entire episode based on fighting games. Hey, that's a good idea, honestly. Do it. Do it. We should act. <laughs> Come on. You you have to join us for that one, Matt. I mean, I will, but I know you <laughs> like those games. I see you play it every time I come over. Yeah. You struggle sometimes, but you, you get it. 
I mean, video games are fun, especially fighting games. I mean, I love fighting games, but... Remember Soul Calibur 2? Sorry to go off topic with it, but that's my favorite one. I mean, that one definitely has some horror references to it. I mean, um, Soul Calibur 2 was the introduction of Raphael, the fencer, and later on in the storyline, he actually becomes a vampire because he was corrupted by um, Soul Edge. And you got Valdo, who's just Valdo. That was my favorite one. There you go. Now, granted... <clears throat> yeah, Nightmare and... So, granted, if we ever talk about um, BDSM characters in video games, Valdo would be number one for sure. Because, you know, um, <clears throat> he takes fetish wear to a whole new level. But going back on topic... <laughs> Going back on topic, because, yeah, uh, we may do that one for season three, honestly, just for, you know, S and Gs. Um, yeah, we'll we'll say Sun and Gods. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So now I think it's time that we dive into some creepypastas and urban legends. Now, we are going with creepypastas and urban legends relating to video games and music. So I think we're going to do the video game one first. Well, yeah, we can mash it together. I mean, there, there's tons of creepypastas relating to both and different urban legends. So, Matt, I think I'm going to let you start this off first. So, you ready, bud? I'm ready, yes. Thank you. Alright, go for it, go for it, go for it. Right, so the only two creepypastas that I really know about is one, it was a game I didn't know existed, was uh, Mario Party 128, where if you've played Mario before, you know, you play as a little character, he looks like a little plumber. He tries to save his Princess Peach from this weird animal Bowser thing, tries to go to the castle, beats everything Bowser throws at him, and eventually rescues her how how it should be but in this game in particular he runs into bowser and says you can't if i remember correctly you can't save peach and something about die about him dying and watching peach die basically and uh towards the end it shows uh bowser taking Mario, eating him, ripping him in half, no blood of course, because it's a video game that I want that, and at the end the screen goes black and it shows a tombstone that says Innocence on it. So. That is actually pretty dark. Yep. wonder if they have that on YouTube. Probably somewhere. <clears throat> we should check it out. <laughs> since you brought YouTube, I actually found this yesterday. Um, you guys aren't familiar with the uh, original Pokemon games, the red and blue version. There's this one song at this uh, town, Lavender Tower Town, where it's all ghosts and all. And uh, the original version was scrapped due to the fact that some eerie sound that was playing actually caused about, was it, 200 kids in Japan commit suicide, mess with their mind after a while when that happened. And I tried looking up the video on YouTube to see if I found it. I did. Chef Shower said, don't do it. I'm like, oh, they got to ruin everything. But <laughs> he said, don't risk it. 
but yeah, that's those are the two things I could think of for you. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, monkey, what you got for us? All right, so just gonna kind of just lump everything together here. Um, it, it sounds like we're kind of rushing it because we we kind of were trying to rush it a little bit. We 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 all have a, a little different appointments of things to do today. So um, so for the urban legends slash creepypastas, and even just like a kind of a throw kind of to one. Um, first off, I got. For like game wise, um, kind of an urban legend, some truth sitting with it, but there was a game back in I want to say the late seventies, even maybe even early seventies, late sixties, um, called Polybus, that apparently had that appeared in like arcades, and then like not even a month later, all of a sudden it was gone. And the, the legend slash rumors circulating this game was like was that people say that they played the game but they couldn't remember what they what it was about. Uh, people say that they don't remember when it got there or how it got there. Some people say that they did see it get there and then when it got there people who were delivering the game were all kind of mint and blackish looking. And then when the game left, either people didn't notice when it left or people who claimed that they saw when it left said they saw kind of like men in black people taking it out so it's kind of one of them weird uh, just interesting urban legends uh, there's there's even some po- some photos from from back in maybe it was even the 80s maybe I think maybe but it was in people pictures in their case of, of, of the game there one day and then the next day it was gone so it's kind of just a really weird uh, kind of crazy thing now there's there's probably a bunch of uh, creepy pastas relating to that story specifically, but it is an urban legend thing kind of where people don't really remember much about the game other than it was there and then it was gone and they that's about the majority of it. Um, another kind of gaming related thing, there's a bunch of different creepy pastas out there about video games directly. It might not be specifically about any actual games, but uh, I'm gonna give a kind of a quick shout out to. Uh, Mr. Creeps, who is a, a creepypasta uh, person on on YouTube, usually reading a bunch of different creepypastas from different people, and a couple of the ones that he, that he had posted up before, uh, one of them was uh, about kind of like a kid playing an old uh, Nintendo game, kind of like Pit Fighter, or not Pit Fighter, but, but Pitfall. And as he played through the game, it kind of just got eerie and more eerie um, to the point where even him watching the, the main character, the main character started doing different things outside of what he was trying to get it to do um, uh, to the point where even him realizing that the character that was looking like his dad had disappeared like 10 years ago. So it was a, kind of a weird trip thing like that. Uh, another one that they had was, a, I believe it was called something like don't buy a mystery games on on eBay or something like that, and that one kind of circled around a kid who got this game. And it was kind of a blank looking disc, and they put it in their system to play it. And as they're playing it, it kind of really wasn't much of anything, just a bunch of questions, and it gave them kind of different answers to choose from. And then they told them to make sure they're telling the truth, yada yada yada. As they're going through it and they're trying to do different options it would sometimes deny them doing an option because it knew that that wasn't the truth 
and just were, were asking them like specific things uh, to the point where it got to where they unplugged the game and they, they had the same thing and that was the end of it but nope the game comes back on even with it being unplugged so weird crazy things like that uh, then uh, kind of a kind of a lean into like almost like a creepy pasta but it was from an episode from a from a Korean supernatural crime drama series I used to watch um, it was on Netflix I was trying to double check it this morning and I couldn't find it anymore so I want to say it was called a uh, uh, Cho Young or something like that and the main character is kind of like a is well he's not kind of he is a detective <laughs> and uh, he can see ghosts and whatnot and as he's going around and doing things like that he ends up uh, kind of working on a case where a bunch of people start committing suicide after hearing a song um, that was made by supposedly a, a popular musician um, slash idol in, in Korea and as he starts to dig into it they, they learn and find out that the actual musician who sang the song and wrote the song was actually not the person performing it and that's why they it's kind of that whole uh, almost Wizard of Oz thing where they they put up a face for for to put the music to but it wasn't the actual person uh, kind of like uh, I want to say the uh, the controversy that that happened with the Olympics in China where they claim that the girl singing the the uh, the the, uh, the songs at the Olympics or the national anthem at the Olympics for, for China was not the actual girl singing because they established that the girl singing wasn't pretty enough to be the, to be shown so they got a prettier looking girl to, to lip sync and that's essentially what the, this episode was kind of following and it was actually the ghost kind of getting the revenge through the music since the the recording uh, label ended up actually killing her when she wanted to to kind of get more more of a, a face out there her face out there and get associated to her music because it's her music and she made it and of course, it's kind of a revenge thing. So uh, that's one thing with with music. Um, another one with music um, is kind of the urban legend thing. Now, again, uh, the truth to it is kind of hit and miss. Um, not, I don't know if anyone's ever actually found the actual actual evidence on it, but the the urban legend of the the uh, screams you hear in uh, Duran Duran's "Hungry Like the Wolf," being that. Uh, when they were recording it in the studio, apparently uh, one of the rumors was that there was a girl getting murdered in the studio right next to them. And the screams, though they didn't hear it directly, the recording picked it up. So that's kind of another one of those urban legends where um, I think there was, there have been reports about different things about it, but I don't remember the exact specifics and whether those specifics were actual found to be truth or not. And that's Kind of my list of things I got there. Creepypastas and urban legends. All right, so now is this melodious cat's turn. So the first urban legend that I have relating to music is about bluesman. Hold on one second. Bluesman Robert Johnson. Um, It's a very unique tale where Johnson was an avid blues player, um, but... His style at the time was very mediocre, and it was described as such by those who listened to him play. 
But one day he came to a show and his playing seemed to be uh, otherworldly and just the different um, songs that he had were very eerie, but yet very enticing, very hypnotic. But yet they had um, symbolisms related to the devil. And the reason being why is with the urban legend, how it states, um, Johnson actually made a deal with the devil at a crossroads. Now, this urban legend slash myth actually goes like generations upon generations back in Europe and also um, different areas around the world where if you go to a cross a ro a crossroads during a certain time of the evening whenever the sun is setting and you look at a specific direction, the devil will appear and make a deal with you. And that's what people are thinking happened with um, Robert Johnson that he actually went to a um, crossroad. More specifically, he made it to the old intersection of U.S. Highways 49 and 61. And that is where he made the deal with the devil. And this area in Louisiana, um, this is where this all occurred, is actually considered a um, famous landmark because of Robert Johnson being there. Um Another creepypasta that I, well, a creepypasta that I can actually think of off the top of my head, and this one relates to video games, and it's the Sonic EXE um, creepypasta. Um, for those who know, Sonic EXE is supposed to be a haunted video game where you choose either Tails, Knuckles, or Eggman, or Doc, Dr. Robotnik, for those who do not know the nickname Eggman, but you're, you can choose any of those three players and you're being chased by a demonic Sonic the Hedgehog where he if he catches you, he kills you. Now, the original version of this, he actually caught all three characters and killed them. And on the ending screen, the game over screen, you see all three of them decomposed, bloody, and dead while standing. Now, the the rumor with this is that if you play this game, the actual character of Sonic would try to haunt your dreams or even worse, um, you would actually die. Now, there have been individuals that made video games based off of Sonic EXE, and you can actually find trials and runs of this online on YouTube. And some of them are actually pretty decent. I mean, they have some very unique stories. Um, I would suggest that you give it a watch sometime. Um, Another one relating to Sonic is the um, Bloody Tails doll, which this one relates to the video game Sonic R. If you play the game to 100% completion, you'll get a chance to play a game of tag with a character called Tails doll, which is just a tiny little robotic Tails doll that you will chase around or I'll chase you. Now, this is where the story gets pretty interesting. Um... There was a creepypasta related to this on Reddit where an individual and his father were playing the game. And later that night, the individual was having bad dreams and the name Tails just kept popping up. And he started hearing scraping at his bedroom door. He started hearing small little steps um, running around, um, a commotion. And whenever... 
he woke up, he actually heard a voice coming from the door and he tried calling for his dad, which his dad responded. And then there was nothing. And whenever this individual went to go look for his dad, he saw the um, tails doll covered in blood and it just went from there. Um, there's other different variations relating to this, and it's very similar to other creepypastas that have been out there. Um, another video game creepypasta that I know and that is actually pretty famous is Ben Drowns, which that is the the haunted um, cartridge of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and how the file of Ben is on there and it alludes to Ben's death and how the vendor kept saying you have met with an unfortunate fate or you have met with a you have met with a terrible fate haven't you so you know that one really resonates with me because you can find it on any creepypasta top 10 from like top 10 video game nerd um, Matthew Santoro and many others um, give those a look whenever you have a moment uh, that one definitely gets the Cheshire seal of approval you know just saying so gentlemen before we wrap up is there anything else you would like to add What about you? Um, just a, another quick shout out to you know check out um, other creepypasta things and even just strange mystery things. Uh, a couple of artists to look at on YouTube: uh, Mr. Creeps, uh, Lazy Masquerade, um, even one called Scary and Strange Mysteries. Uh, they have some interesting things on there, which are more kind of like uh, mystery things and even some real crime things that did happen but people don't really know the specifics about it and still are cold cases and whatnot so that, that's stuff to check out kind of get you into that you know Halloween mood here with Halloween coming up so <clears throat> seeing how we're about to wrap up the show there is one thing I do have to add and this is mainly relating to our lovely team pocket rocket so originally they were supposed to be on the show and give us their review of the movie He Never Died, which stars Henry Rollins. You can actually find it on Netflix. It's a horror slash pseudo comedy. It has some very light moments to it, very funny, but also has a lot of blood and guts, which if you're into both of those genres, you'll definitely enjoy this movie. Now, hopefully with the next Geeking Around the Table, they'll be able to give us their review of He Never Dies. But, and it's a big but, seeing how they missed this episode of Geeking Around the Table, they will have to not only do a review of He Never Dies, but also a review of the next movie and their movie challenge. Now, for listeners who do not know what we're talking about, what we started for Geeking Around the Table is a series of movie challenges a la Mystery Science Three, um, Theater 3000 for Team Pocket Rocket. The first movie that they had to watch was Feast, which you can actually find on YouTube. If you do find it, make sure it's not the version that is in Portuguese. Um... Unless you speak Portuguese, then, you know, go for it. Definitely. The second movie is He Never Dies. Now, the third movie 
we actually had to scour the internet for this one because it was never released. It was um, it was done in the 90s, 1994. It is a Marvel movie. Now, this is way before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's even before the Fox Marvel Cinematic Universe of X-Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, and all those lovable characters that are now back in the loving embrace of Marvel. Thank you for that. Greatly appreciate it. Not only if they would actually do that with Spider-Man, bringing it all the way to home to Marvel. Um, this one is comic accurate, but this movie was so bad. It was so horrendous that they never released it out in theaters. Now, the movie I am talking about is the original 1994 Fantastic Four movie. Now, Monkey was the one who told me about this movie. And he was the one who looked it up. And it took you a bit to find it, didn't it? Um, not really. It's actually on YouTube, believe it or not. So. so, it is comic book accurate in terms of the story. Right. In terms of costumes. Right. But the acting... Well, to be desired. <laughs> On yeah, go ahead, monkey. Go ahead. Well, as a side note, um, one one of the actual actors in in the movie is actually or was a well known actor about the time, um, and that's the the actor playing the the Human Torch in the movie. Um, so if, if you watch the movie, you, you might say you know he looks familiar. After you watch the movie and the credits, look up look up who the actor is, and you'll you'll realize that he was in some decent stuff before. So. So, needless to say, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, Axel Braun movies actually have better acting than Fantastic Four. And once more, if you do not know who Axel Braun is, uh, you can check out some of his movies on some of your favorite um, adult entertainment websites, you know, um, Pornhub being most notably. Look up uh, Avengers Triple X, Batman Triple X, Iron Man Triple X, Thor Triple X, and he does a lot of a adult movie parodies based on comic books and fantasy. Um, honestly, whenever there's better acting in an adult movie than an actual movie that was about to be released, it tells you something. Or even better costume designs than the actual movie that came out. I'm looking at you, Disney. Yeah, true. I'm just waiting for Axel Braun to do Milan Triple X. There's probably one out there. She's probably, he's probably already working on it. Probably. You never know. Hopefully it has Mushu on there, voiced by Eddie Murphy. That would be hilarious. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode of Geeking Around the Table once more. Pokemat, thank you for coming on and soaring the digital airwaves with us. I hope that you enjoyed your time on the show. And hopefully we'll be able to get you back on here sometime. I'd be glad to come back. All right. So this has been Cheshire's Place, a looking glass into logical madness. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire, along with Monkey and Pokemat. And just as the Cheshire cat, I am everywhere, yet nowhere. Have a good night, and we'll be back later on this week with a new episode. <laughs>